Welcome back to Judging Book Covers Podcast, our bi-weekly book club podcast where we are going through Book Riot's Read Harder Challenge. I'm Megan Griffin, and as always, I'm joined by my amazing co-host, Stephanie Cortez. How are you doing, Stephanie? I'm doing well. Doing well. Did lots of reading this weekend. Yes. It snowed, which was annoying, but... <laughs> but see, know. that sounds so peaceful. Like, why go outside? Sit on the couch. A bunch of blankets. A bunch of books. True, and but a then boyfriend. you have to walk your dog, who That's true. hates it. <laughs> and also, it was snowing a lot. <laughs> that's that's fair. I was going to say a boyfriend who yeah. brings you hot drinks when you need. Yes. But yes, walking the dog. Yeah. That's the drawback. It is almost that point where it's like, we should teach him to pee on, like, get like a <laughs> piece of, uh, oh, what is it called? What are, They put them in football fields. Fake grass. Oh, AstroTurf? Yeah. Oh, they totally have those. They have, like, the fake indoor things. Yeah. Um, but, like, and I realized probably any dog could use it. To me, it was like, this is meant for a much smaller dog. Oh, I'm sure, yes. Like, it a is... little teacup, like a little, little, you know, the little the little ones. Yes. Um, That's what my dog should I feel like have. mine would make too much. Yeah. Like, you're, yeah. Charlie, I think, is appropriate size, whereas mine, I'm like, you would just make a mess. Like, we can't. Yeah. That's that's fair. That's fair. But still, yeah. it's been really great. Yeah. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. It is a weird time to record this. So yes. I keep thinking, what are my Sunday chores I need to do? But it is not Sunday. It's not Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. I forgot I need to go to the library. Sorry. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> I opened the book and like the little like library tag is in it. I'm like, oh, shit. I need to go. Like tomorrow or they're going to return my other book oh, that sure. I requested yes. I need to pick it up. Yeah. Definitely need to make yourself a note. Yes. Um, so before we talk about what we read this week for the podcast, we obviously read a good bit between the podcast. Um, not only did we set books that we were going to read, but it was also 24 and 48, our favorite book snuggling time. Yes. It is back where you read for 24 hours in a 48-hour period. And I can't believe we didn't talk about it last time. Oh, I just, it, it was glorious. I don't think either of us realized it was about to be February. Yeah, that's the problem. I think, cause, <laughs> I think because it was like the first weekend in February, it almost like snuck up on us sort yeah. of. So, but yeah. yeah. 24 and 48. Now, yeah. did they do this twice a year? They do. So they took off 2020. Okay. I don't remember if yeah. they did it in the first half of 2020. But if I remember, one of the hosts may have been pregnant. And just a lot of things happened that caused them to basically not have it. And then in July, I think they did a modified version or something. Or or they promoted, I think they promoted another marathon instead. Um, gotcha. But yes, yeah, so they took a year off, but they do usually do it twice a year. It's usually, I think, January and July. So I don't know. It's the summer. Yeah, there's yeah. summer. It's definitely all, always around a point where it's really too cold to be outside and really too hot to be outside. <laughs> um, ah, so, what did you read for 24 and 48? So, but for 24 and 48 specifically, I reread Red, White, and Royal Blue because I wanted a little bit of romance for February, and I love it. Um, also because it is um, about the election. It's essentially like 
fan fiction about if a woman had won the 2016 election. And what if she also had a bisexual kid who fell in love with the King of England? I'm sorry, Prince (laughs) of England. And so I read it and I think it was released in 2019, 2018 or 2019. And I read it and loved it. Definitely one of my favorite books that year. And I wanted to reread it in a post-2020 election because a a lot of the book is romance, but a a good bit of it revolves around her re-election in 2020. And there's some couple great moments where it's like, (laughs) you don't want to be the first president to only have one term since uh, (laughs) George Bush the first. And I was like, oh. (laughs) And... uh, the mm-hmm. prediction that Texas would be more of a battleground state, which I don't think it was quite in 2020, but it's definitely becoming more of one, I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it was very good. I highly recommend it to anybody who likes queer romance. Nice. Um, yeah, outside of that, I did a couple comics and finished up our book for this episode and started the Iron Druid series. So it was good. It was good. What about you? What did you read? Uh, So I started with the book that I said I was going to read, not for JBC. (laughs) (laughs) Um, A Duke by default, because I wanted to get more into possibly through the Reluctant Royal series. Um, So I did that one of the Reluctant Royal series. I did that one. The next one, Can't Escape from Love, the novella. And I started A Prince on Paper, but that was like towards the end and I didn't finish that one. And then I finished the memo. Um, I read Queenie, which, oh my God. So that's been on my list forever, but I'd read it. It's it's, There are parts of it, though, that are very, I would say, difficult to read. Okay. Uh, Like, it's not a spoiler. Like, from on the back of the book, it says... Like, shit's going bad for her. Right. Like, her boyfriend wants her to move out. Things aren't going well at work. Her family, like, that she's just not doing great. Um, it's just, it's a little difficult. Some, like, maybe using sex to cope, but not in, like, not for the oh. best reasons type of thing. And not, yeah. Right. So, there are some stuff that's, like, I would say very difficult to read there. Um, <sighs> yeah. Um, yeah. But it's very, very good. I can't believe like that's been on my shelf for a year. Okay. Right? Yes, because I didn't get it for this past Christmas because it, it, I, my mom and my sister gave me each baskets of stuff, and both of them included books. So I don't remember which one of them gave it to me. <laughs> but they live in Arizona now, so this was 2019 Christmas. Okay, <laughs> not 2020 Christmas. Um. So yeah, I finally read that. Another one that I've had forever is Janet Mock's audiobook, De- Redefining Realness. Yes. I had that since the first time I canceled Audible. Need to do that again. Um, <laughs> that was amazing. That was really, really good. Oh, so good. I, I just love when the memoirs are read by the person who Same. wrote them. Same. Um, highly recommend that. And then I started Phoebe Robinson's Everything is Trash, But It's Okay. She's a delight. <laughs> I have her the physical copy of her first book, and I want to get it on Audible because she is just <laughs> so fun to listen to. That's so awesome. <laughs> yeah. So it was good. It was a really good 24 and 48. I'm very excited because I, I made a huge stack. I knew I wasn't going to get through same. all of them, but I wanted options, you know. Same, because sometimes <laughs> you start something and you're like, mm, this is not necessarily what I'm feeling. 
And uh, it was, yeah, like, I think I put a stack together and was like, oh, I'm actually Mm -hmm. feeling more romance than I think I realized. Yeah. So. But you gave yourself the option. So I think I'll continue whittling down that stack because. That's smart. Let's see. One, one, two, three, four. Four of them are on my shelf. So, you know, my actual to be read physical shelf that I have and they're hardback and they're taking up a lot of space. <laughs> I did. I, I like started making a dent in my book of the month books because I read Black Buck last week prior to mm-hmm. uh, 24 and 48, um, which is the book of the month I got in January, which have you ever seen? Um, Sorry to bother you. Yeah, it like it, did. you? If you enjoyed that movie, I think you'd like this book. It was like okay, cool. a similar vibe, satirical feeling of that movie in book form it it was a really like it was longer than i thought it would be because i thought for some reason it was only like 200 and something pages it's 400 pages Mm -hmm. but it flew quickly and okay yeah just like if you like that vibe of uh i don't know it like it was a really good discussion or way of presenting like um how there are people that are like really benefit from having this experience and this knowledge and this connections and things and being able to get into Ivy League schools and thus getting onto that path. And essentially this book is about creating a group to help black people get that more easily as well. And chaos ensues. So <laughs> as it always does. As per uh, usual. <laughs> yes. So, but it was a debut author um and yeah i can't wait to see what he does next nice awesome i was considering that one um was that was that february no january it was january's i don't know what else i got instead or was that the month that i got the three i think that was the month i was like let me get three you did get and then they took forever to arrive yeah 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 Yeah, because this month we got honey girl (laughs) um but yeah so speaking of book riot we did our book riot challenge, which was to read a book translated into English by from a country that it was not European based. I think I just made it wordier than what it actually is, but that's okay. <laughs> and while they truly do have amazing options, we yes, went. I bought one of the options because I was yes. like, I want to read it. <laughs> um, we went with the Graveyard Apartment by Mariko Koike. Uh, and was translated by Deborah Bolivar Boehm. This, I don't remember how this book ended up on my list. I was just going to ask you because you came up with this one and I read the, when we were talking about it and I read the little synopsis, I was like, yeah, this sounds pretty good. (laughs) I would not be surprised if it was actually Book Riot themselves because I used Hmm. to listen to um, their book news podcast and then they would talk about books that came out every Tuesday and between that you'd get a lot of like what they were reading so I would not be surprised if it was because of that but if somebody recommended this to me and you're listening to this please let me know so that I can give you a (laughs) shout out Um, this book was originally written in 1987 and I surprisingly had to keep reminding myself that Mm. I don't know if they updated it for it was translated in 2016, um, and I don't know if they updated it when they translated it, but I did not get a time period vibe at all. Did you? Mm-mm. No. 
just a time where there's cars and yeah. like elevators. Ugh, elevators. Yeah, there's TVs, um, but there's no mention of yeah. cell phones. Right. But there's but no mention of like particular shows or yeah. types of cars that would make me think of a certain time period. Yeah. So um, this book was kind of what we picked because we both love horror books. And both have an issue where a lot of adult horror books are very metaphoric. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Not what I want. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what uh, I read when I was a kid. I was de- like, Fear Street, same. someone was evil. There was a witch. There was an evil spirit. There was, a, like, uh, people were doing shit. Like, there's murderers. Yeah. Like, people are evil. <laughs> yes. Um, and I feel like this book maybe wasn't exactly in the same vein, but it is a true horror book. There mm-hmm. are ghosts. There is some shady right. shit going down. Yes. There's no, like... It's a message about you being a terrible parent or like, because yes. your mom didn't love it. Like, no, I don't know. Or like, we can argue about some parenting styles. We can argue <laughs> about relationships, but like from the book, but this was just like, no, there, there are ghosts. There is yes. something evil <laughs> like that cannot be explained. <laughs> I was really worried with the husband, the, the dad, um, mm-hmm. that it was going to kind of become a, this is all in your head and kind of like a, mm-hmm. and you finished this before me and basically were like, this is a haunting. And I was like, oh, thank God. Yeah. I can like <laughs> dispel that image from my yeah. mind. I mean, yeah. until he actually <laughs> ends up in the basement. Um, yeah. So the setting of this book is that there is a young couple and they have a five-year-old daughter and they have bought their first apartment in um, I guess like the suburbia of Tokyo. It's not downtown. It sounded like it. Yeah. yeah. No, because there's no one around. Yes. <laughs> and it overlooks a cemetery, which to me, not a big deal. I, I mean, it is after reading this. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> but like when I... um. Went looking for apartments in New York. I looked around Greenwood Cemetery. Like I, I lived mm-hmm. within a, less than a mile of it, or less half a mile. It was like a ten minute walk. But uh, I definitely like looked at apartments that were like right next to the gate and didn't think anything of it. And this mm. book actually has a couple comments about that, about how like Western, the Western world doesn't care as much. Maybe doesn't yeah. find cemeteries as scary. Also, yeah. maybe doesn't respect cemeteries as much as the Eastern culture. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I loved this. What did you think? I also loved it. The I, Like, yes. first of all, an apartment that's by a cemetery, no. <laughs> but then there's also a crematorium. Okay, yes, that's that true. That you can see the smokestack. Yes. Um, of. And I just really, like... Basically, the first paragraph, it's the morning after they moved in. So they've had their first night in the in the apartment. And they have a dog, who I was worried about the whole time, same. and a bird. And the bird is dead. And the bird is only like four, because it's the same age, roughly, as the child. And the bird's dead, and it looks like there's been a struggle. There's feathers all over the place. Um, and I was like, oh, we are starting here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like... 
this is this is it and i was just like i hope they don't the ghost or whatever is here doesn't pick off the dog next right um, so i really liked that that from the beginning it was like we're going in there's some stuff happening um and like we said there's no metaphor if there's not a hidden message yes there's just some evil shit happening <laughs> So I do feel like we have to give a slight content warning. Mm-hmm. The dog is not murdered on screen or so. The dog definitely is going to die. It's implied right. it at the end. Heavily implied. Yes. Heavily. If heavily. you're like me, I'm going to choose to believe that maybe the family dies and the ghosts let the dog escape. Yeah. Why not? Because that's my new head cabin. Yeah, um, I like it. I I like that the bird dies at the beginning because, like, they used to send song canaries down, you know? Mm. The bird dies first, you're in danger. <laughs> yeah, you in danger, girl, like, yeah. immediately. Yes, <laughs> yes. And, and then like, when the little girl says that the bird <sighs> came to her at night, I was like, <sighs> yep. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of... Um, interesting info dump from like the very beginning it was like so yeah we just moved in this new apartment it's uh maseo and her husband uh tepe and their daughter i did not write tomeo thank you i think yeah um and they're cute and they're young and they seem very happy and very much in Mm -hmm. love like a perfect fit like they seem like a great you know yeah very quickly, you learn that, oh, by the way, his first wife <laughs> committed suicide while they were cheating on her. But it's not a big deal. Like, okay. What? So the summary says that this is a young couple who has a dark secret. We find out the dark secret so fast yes. that I was like, is there another dark secret? Because I can't, this this is too soon for me to know, right? Like, it's too soon. Right. But that's it. They were having an affair and... um. She, his first wife, um, killed herself. Yeah. And it was like, both for the drama and both to be like, nah, man, just like, go live your true bliss. I don't know. There's not, there is so much less about the first wife than I expected there to be. Me? Yes. Yes. Because then there's also a part later on after shit's been happening and the husband comes around because right. at first he doesn't believe stuff um, where he has a dream about his dead ex-wife coming to him, but coming to him in this apartment, like in the room. And she leans on the bed to like whisper in his ear and then he wakes up and then the right. bed is warm where her hand was in the dream. And I was just like, oh, my God. And then unfortunately, nothing else happened with the wife. I was like waiting. I thought I was like, is she warning him? Like, what's yeah. happening? <laughs> I was wondering if, if she was supposed to be warning him, too, because it's like. It's pretty clear that, like, they're not being haunted by her. Right. And that the idea of or whatever is, quote unquote, haunting about her is the fact that, like. Um, Maceo had to leave her job because they worked together and everybody knew and like his family doesn't really accept her and her family no mm-hmm. longer speaks to her really and yeah. like they're definitely seeing the consequences but they don't regret it at all right right 
And they, so they also mm-hmm. keep up the, tradi- the tradition of having like the little like at home like shrine for a yes. deceased loved one for his ex-wife or not his ex-wife his wife his ex-wife <laughs> i don't really know what you say if you know um for her and it was maceo i think who really yes. pushed for that and really wanted to so i didn't really think that they were going to be haunted by her because of that but then i was like or is there something wrong with this building and somehow this shrine will be the vessel oh, for her yeah. to come and be like i'm fucking haunting you that's yeah that was kind of like because it considering it was next to a graveyard i was like either she's buried there or something there is going to channel her or something but yeah like right the way that the suicide note was i was like i it would i yeah it didn't feel vengeful it It felt more like a depressed woman who was done yeah that's what it felt like exactly um and like there wasn't much that he could have done to make her happy like she at some point would have done this anyways yeah. Um, yeah. So this apartment building um, is not very full. There's one family per floor, with the exception of floor two, which has a company. Um, but there's 14 units total, two per floor that yes. are uh, the, like that exist. You know. Yes. So um, it's about half full. It's you know it's a new building. Like it's right. getting kind of sold kind of slowly. Because it's a little weird to be living so close to a cemetery. And a crematorium. I don't, maybe both. Yeah, it's the combat. And then also. And then the temple. Because, like, I wrote this down. Because, like, the, the graveyard, the, cer- the cemetery runs from the south to the west side. Mm-hmm. And then to the east, you've got, like, a patch of land. And then the crematorium. Yes. And then to the north, you've got a bunch of, like, just houses that no one lives in that have kind of fallen into disarray. Which are, like, it's. It's not a setting I want to be in. It no. just sounds like we're trying to be creepy. <laughs> it definitely feels desolate. It definitely feels like this was maybe built to like maybe try again to build up this area. Yeah. Um, but definitely. it is. I don't want to be in that first wave, though. Yeah, no. Like, I understand being like, <laughs> man, I can afford this apartment, which, okay. Mm-hmm. This apartment is 900 square feet. Mm-hmm. Which, okay, that is more than I had in New York. And by Tokyo standards, it's probably massive. But yeah. man, all I could think of was like a two-bedroom and 900 square feet. <laughs> um, but yeah, it actually probably is a decent size where they don't feel like they're on top of each other. And yeah. it probably is a very good starter. There's a, excuse me, there's a kindergarten nearby. Mm-hmm. And for when... Uh, the daughter grows up, the school's even closer. So mm-hmm. there's really not a lot to dislike here. Right. Grocery store's not great. Dad can walk to the train. Right. right. But dad can walk to the train station for work. Like, it's a good location overall. Yeah. Aside from the, the immediate surroundings. Yeah. It's, it is, uh, definitely has potential to be up and coming. But. Yes. Living this close to the cemetery is apparently very strange. One thing that jumped out at me, I have to say. Okay. In the begin, the book, the the does the cop the copy you have does it have like the the ad at the very yes. beginning? 
Okay. So it includes, like, it's a call out for these brand new luxury apartments, and it calls out that there's on site parking. And I was like, oh, yes, because as someone who lives in Providence, Rhode Island, where you can't park overnight without a parking pass, I was like, that is important. Yes. <laughs> and I did the calculations for how much it would cost. I can't remember how much 35 million yen is, though. Oh, I did too. When I went there. Yeah, when I w- when t- this was when I was 16. I went to Japan, and basically the way I did it was what? I just moved the decimal left two spaces. Yeah. T- and that was, like, the rough cost. That's so cool. Yeah. yeah. It was a great trip. I went with the World Affairs Council. Um, it's the city I lived in had a sister city over there. And so four students went with the World Affairs Council. It was really great. That sounds so cool. Sadly, though. Sadly, I did not like sushi at the time. Oh, no. But like when I when like we had it, I just like everyone was so nice that I kind of just like shoved it down my face. I was just like, yes, thank you. And like <laughs> ate everything and, you know, that they gave me because everyone was super sweet. I'm just like, damn it. That really good sushi was lost on stupid 16 year old. me. <laughs> it's like the one place my boss hasn't traveled to that he like really super wants to go. So um, and my mother really wants took- to go. Yeah. I want to go back. Like, I remember when we took the subway, first of all, I was like, it's so fucking clean. Like, it blew my mind. Because really, like, I'd only... Actually, I don't really know. I think I'd had been on the subway in New York. But, like, my idea of what, like, New York or, like, somewhere in the States, like, a subway would look like, it was pristine. <laughs> like, cool. really, everyone was really... Like, even... Um, so, I remember there was this one time we had some time to kill. So, my friend and I went shopping. And we were like, all right, we're just going to walk from the hotel just down the same street. And then we're going to walk back. So we do that, or we think we do. We, instead of turning right to go back to the hotel, we went left to basically keep going the way we were going. And someone really nice, as we were, like, looking around trying to figure it out, like, stopped us and was like, uh, was like, oh, are you lost? Like, do you need help? Like, everybody's just really willing to help. That's good. (sighs) Yeah. Yeah. They were like, they looked at, like, we told them where, and he was like, you gotta go way back that way. <laughs> <laughs> it's always seemed like something that'd be really cool that always feels, I guess, out of my league. Like, I don't travel that much, and I can't imagine mm-hmm. saving up for a trip of that magnitude. But you should. Uh, I definitely, <laughs> definitely want to. So apparently 35 million yen. I don't remember if this is by today's standards, but I think it's by 1987 standards is $228,759. I think that's by the 80s cuz I just did it and it's 332,000 okay. now. Okay. So hey, you made some money off of if you still got it from 34 years ago. Oh my god. Yeah. Um So yeah, that feels about right. Yeah. Um So yeah, the the apartment across from them is empty. Um, and we come to learn, well, okay, so Maceo takes her daughter to kindergarten and gets the uniform and everything and meets one of the neighbors who lives on the fourth floor, who has two younger children, one who is also in kindergarten. Perfect. Yes. And (laughs) And the girls get along. (laughs) Yes, the girls get along. She and the other mother get along, which is really great because, like, especially because of how her marriage came to be, she's really lacking in friends. Like, yeah. people just kind of, yeah. Um, which, like, I get it. I get it. But also. So. so this is what I we do have learned. to say. Yeah. By the time we met the friend, 
uh, Eco, I believe yes. this might be how you say it. That's the friend. That's the mom of the the kid, like the the, the little girl and the boy um, on the fourth floor. When we meet her, I just my brain. I was like, is something going on? Because Tepe's ex wife is Reiko. R E I K. Oh, I didn't it's even. Put and that then together. her name, the neighbor's name, is basically the same name without the R. Shit. Nothing comes of that. That was just my brain spiraling into what's going to happen. Yes. <laughs> oh, there's a part later where I'm like, is she possessed or just disassociating mm-hmm. really bad? Um, mm-hmm. So they decide to have tea and let the little kids run around and everything. And it's so cute because I'm pretty sure the little boy has a crush on on her daughter. And it's it's adorable. And then she's like, oh, have you been down to the basement? Like, there's storage facilities down there. And I'm like, oh, cool. That's, you know. as Also they p- part of the ad. Yes. Also, <laughs> yeah. they mentioned that that's a very westernized thing that's taking, that becoming more and more popular. And, mm-hmm. um, which is really cool. This basement is <laughs> only accessible by elevator. Nope. <laughs> This what? is not a good idea. Who planned this? What's the logic? Like, how? So, because even, okay. So, the building obviously has the elevator because there's, like, um, like I don't remember how Are they the top floor? I don't think so. But I couldn't they might quite be. tell. Because if there's two The ground floor, floor. So, there's a ground floor where the, the custodial... Custodial is not the right word. Caretakers live. And then yeah. two per floor. So, yeah, they would be the top floor. Yeah. So, that's a <coughs> lot of flights of stairs, but there's an yes. elevator and stairs. Yes. <laughs> like, there's two options in case shit goes wrong with the elevator, as you need to have. Yes. Like, I know this was the 80s, and people like to play fast and loose, but, <laughs> my God. <laughs> there is no... And people question it. Everybody's like, I don't understand why there's just an elevator, but okay, that's fine. And I'm like, no, it's not. No, it's not. I would never, ever, ever go nope. down there. Nope. <laughs> My husband wants to. Sure, fine. Go ahead. I'm never, ever going down there. There's nothing that you can convince me to put in storage. Nope. No. Everything should just fit up here. Yep. Or it's time to give it away. <laughs> right. <laughs> or we should have bought a bigger house or a bigger apartment. Yes. So they go down and explore it and it's, you know. Very cheap storage space, but it's storage space. It's good. And they see the boxes for the second floor tenants is a lot of uh, diet bars that are there. They're calorie heavy bars. They're there to help you gain weight. Like in Mean Girls. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Which was like Chekhov's diet bar. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, there's a a tricycle from when uh, the older child of the neighbors outgrew it though he still plays on it quite a bit and yeah some other things but for the most part again most of the building's empty so or about half the building's and empty each each apartment has like a locked yes like area like uh the only word that's coming to mind is closet and that's not right it's like a storage <laughs> like bed. a little unit yeah yeah like a locked thing yeah and then yeah um so, yeah, it's, I mean, I just, but, like, both of us instantly were like, what the fuck? But. What do you mean I can only get down there by elevator? I'm not going down no. there. And then also, 
they go down there because you have to get a key. That was the other thing I thought was really weird was because Eco's like, yeah, we can go. I have my key. You just have to tell them that you want it and they'll give you one. And I was just like, if I gave you 35 million yen for my apartment and it comes with it, you should be giving that to me right? when you give me the keys to my house. But okay. Or to my front door. Um, so they go down there and Miseo notices a chill around her ankles and she feels very unsettled and like the walls are closing in and I was like you in danger girl like this yes. is it the, your bird's dead <laughs> just gotta leave <laughs> the bird who's take this monetary hit haunting your daughter and telling you to get out yeah. and but uh, nicely yeah because he's trying to warn them yeah I don't know I was like demon bird demon bird get out demon bird but I don't know he was like telling her that they needed to by the end, I was that it was like, not a good yes, place. Yes, yes. he is he doing look out for them. I would not be surprised if it is a metaphor for like the bird warnings and stuff like that. But yeah, um, and they didn't listen. The TV keeps getting this weird shadow on it and going on the fritz. <sighs> I couldn't with the shadow. <laughs> I just because the shadow was described as like human shaped. Uh huh. And then that it was doing weird things and that at one point it looked as if like the shadow was putting its head in its hands. And I was just like, it's a person trapped, not in the yep. TV, somewhere. And somehow it's, yep. we got to leave. Yep. They, I, I kept expecting like ghost voice on the radio, but apparently the radio mm-hmm. doesn't pick up the ghost frequencies. And mm-hmm. the ghost like, no, we'll just fuck with your TV yeah. so you can see us. <laughs> um. But yeah, Maceo like definitely doesn't have a good vibe about this place, right? And hasn't since day one. Yeah, because also when you look out your window and see the crematorium and the graveyard and stuff, yeah. I can't remember which side of the. the I feel like the, the balcony looked over. Was. I feel like the balcony looked over the graveyard because they talked about the cherry blossoms, and I thought that mm-hmm. that was a really really good thing because like cherry blossoms are mm-hmm. just, like a really big deal. And um, I didn't realize cherry blossoms were a big deal. And then I moved to New York and I learned that cherry blossoms are a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so, yeah, they were talking about the cherry blossoms and how they don't have to go very, like, they don't have to journey to, like, see them. And, like, um, they do their annual picnic to, like, give, pay respect to the dead and um, very cool vibe in that way. But I get it. Like, I'm one who's, like, there was a cemetery, like, half a mile from where my dad lived. Like, I don't know. I just was like, okay, cemeteries are a thing. I would never go at night. No. <laughs> no. Like, that's where I draw the line. Yeah. yeah but, like, I, I mean. I worked in a museum that was in a cemetery. Like. Oh, cool. Yeah. You just kind of, you know, do your thing. I, yeah. my favorite running trail was to go from my house or my apartment down to the cemetery and then run around the cemetery. Good in theory. It's a great run. I think it's like a, to- it's like five miles in total or a 5K. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you're running around the cemetery and there's a great Gothic building and yeah, it's, I mean, it's always brightly lit. Like, it's, it's you know, it's New York. Um, definitely had moments where I'm like, I like running to horror books. 
maybe I shouldn't do that. No. (laughs) While also running next to a cemetery. Right. I have a few limits. Hmm. But I got some great pictures. Um, Nice. (laughs) But yeah. Yeah. I think for me, the more unnerving thing about the location is the lack of neighbors. Yes. I grew up in a city. I'm very much a city girl who's like, the neighbor's right there. So if I'm screaming my head off about anything, someone in theory should be able to hear me. Right. Because the neighbor's not five miles away. That's like the thing that always gets me when I watch Scream. I love Scream. But when she's outside talking on the phone, I'm like, where's your neighbor? Or the very, very beginning with Drew Barrymore, like, is that like cornfields? Like, (laughs) your parents are so far. Like, I don't understand. And like your see, parents are super far away driving down the street and there's no neighbor that can that can hear you in the meantime. And while, I never want to live like that. Like I for the most part have grown up in suburbia or in a city. Um my dad lives where he lives on a, an acre and a half and like there's a street with houses next to him, but he lives on a highway and mm. like a good two thirds of what surrounds are just fields. Ah, so it's like no. yeah. <laughs> Now, if you want to talk about the creepiest house I've ever been in, my dad's house is fairly fucking creepy. Um, And I think fairly haunted, but I also think most places (laughs) are fairly haunted. Um, So, yeah, I get it. Like, I definitely enjoyed the isolation feeling of this book, That especially as we Mm -hmm. go on and people start moving out. Mm -hmm. And the fact that the ghosts let the people go at first. At first. And I'm like, I got so many theories <laughs> about so this. Rude. Yeah. So, so rude of them to let so many people go. So while all, like, Maceo's settling in, she's doing some freelancing. She's an illustrator. So cool. Um, mm-hmm. Her husband works in marketing. He's going to work every day. And daughter goes to school. So, like, they've got it. They've settled into a good rhythm. She's got a friend in the building. Um, she's kind of friends with the caretaker's wife. Um, who's kind of a big gossip. So, you know, good vibes going all around. Um, And then the company on the second floor moves out. It's like, okay, cool. But then it's like every floor but the fourth and eighth floor move out. Right. And like, I think the first one we find out about is the woman. I can't remember which floor she's on, but it's a night when Tepe is coming home. And a woman the, the ca- is going home as well, but the cab driver drops her off, like, kind of where where he is, like, down the road, like, essentially from taking the train. Yes. And she's like, oh, you live in, um, what is the name of the mansions? It's the um, Center Plaza Mansions, I think. I think so, yes. Um, she's like, yeah, I've seen you in the building. Do you mind if I walk with you? Because it's nighttime, whatever. And um, that part is <laughs> just like, oh, my God, because... She, they start talking and she says, and she's drunk, like she is drunk. And basically she's like, yeah, I'm moving out soon and da 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 She gets this wasted so she can go home because there have been, she has just had such bad vibes about that, that building. She will not go into the basement. Right. She refuses to. And the only way she can come home at night, and usually the cab drivers drop her off at the fucking door and not down the road, but this guy was an asshole and said something shitty to her and whatever. Um, but she gets wasted so that she can stomach going right. home basically and she was excited to be leaving and so Tepe hears this he he doesn't care for his wife's um like bad vibes about the basement and stuff 
And like, I can't remember. Is this before or after the little girl gets hurt? So she's, oh, it's before. I think it's before because they have it's a before because he yeah. doesn't tell the wife. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um. So about that. Oh, go ahead. No, I was confirming it is Central Plaza Mansion, and I was looking to okay. see because there's an ad on the very first page, and then there's an ad on the very last in the back. Yeah, and I wanted Which to we see. We talk if, about those two bookends. At the yeah, end. <laughs> I wanted to see if um, the company's changed. But sorry. Um, yeah. Yeah, she's essentially a stripper. Like, I don't think she's quite called that. She definitely has a madam. And, like, the cab driver got fresh. But, yeah, like, has to be drunk. And he adopts like this. drunk. Yes, he does. After, I think it's after Tomeo gets hurt. Yes. No, it's after, is it after that and no, his episode? No, it's after in the his basement? episode, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah. oh god, the little girl. Which, okay, I, I understand it's 1987, and that is a different time than it is now. However, mm-hmm. <laughs> and okay, are you gonna say what I'm as gonna a, say? A child who like ran around. <laughs> I ran around outside. I ran around in the neighborhood and things like that. But like my parents lived in a neighborhood. They mm-hmm. let their kids. They're just like go play outside. Go walk the dog. In like isolation city right and like what i know it's isolated so there's no car but not really cars but they could get hit by a car if they're because like i don't know if i wrote down these kids ages but the brother um sutomu is only a year or two older yeah. than little sister kaori who is he's only a year uh, older age. because they're in like pre-kindergarten so like and he's in six? kindergarten yeah five four five and six somewhere around there yep I feel like that's too young to be outside by yourself. Agreed. I can't remember being outside by myself at that age in my backyard, which had a fence. And like, I I was also not, the only time I was allowed to not really play in the front, but kind of play in the front was when I was rollerblading because you can't do right. that shit on grass. So it was in the driveway, right. but there was like a crack in the driveway that I was not allowed to go past. Yes. Because that was like, it was not even that, it wasn't remotely close to the street, but I lived on a very busy avenue, so that, those are the precautions taken. Yeah. Um, But that, but the, all, the other thing was too, though, they didn't know where these kids went. No. They also let, like, Aiko lets her kids play in the basement. She's like, fine with that. You, yeah, she has no bad feelings about to, the basement. There's only an elevator to get down there. If your kid falls and cracks their head and the elevator goes out, how are you going to get down to your kid? It's going to die. Right. (laughs) And I guess, like, Maceo, (laughs) I I get the vibe that they kind of keep the door of the apartment open because there's nobody else on that floor. And also because you need a key to get, like, when you take the staircase, you need a key to Mm -hmm. open your floor door. So, like. Which is a weird thing. Yeah. Kind of. I I get it. But also, yeah, like, it's, there's a, that's a safety precaution. Like. Yeah, it's a safety thing. Yeah. Um, but yes, because like she notices that the elevator is definitely in the basement. And also like, is like, I'm pretty sure my child's playing down there. She's going to get in trouble later. And it's like, go get your child. No, no. What ends up happening is she gets a frantic phone call from Aiko because her son came upstairs crying. Something happened in the basement and the elevator's not working. Right. 
So she's on the eighth floor hitting it. It's not coming up from the basement. Right. So she ends up going down the stairs. It's still not moving. It's not opening. Aiko meets her with her kid. He was still, I think, crying. Yes. And all he can say is she got hurt. They were in the basement playing. Because that, that was the other thing, though. They took the dog. Yes. They were playing. Originally, they were all, I think, in Maceo's house uh-huh. apartment. And then they took the dog to go outside. So when they took, when I realized that they, were, of course, were not going outside and they were going into the basement, I was like, oh, my God, I hope the dog lives. I know I should be more yes. worried about the human children, but. <laughs> Humans are, yeah. We started off with the bird dying. Right. So. Right. <laughs> um, so they can't get the door open. They're trying, the caretaker's trying and they can't, like nothing is working. And then a neighbor comes and he kind of like, basically looks like he's praying over the door. Yeah. He's like a lifestyle guru but of the 80s where Mm -hmm. it's like someone who does a lot of yoga and Mm -hmm. rearranging cheese and like that kind of like aromatherapy uh kind of vibe essentially her husband keeps calling him a con man which i understand why yeah but (laughs) i get it but he got the damn elevator to work yes which this was my other thing the elevator comes up to the first floor or the ground floor where they are They go down in it to go down to the basement. And then I was like, someone needs to stay in this elevator to make sure every single time they went to the basement. I was like, someone needs to stay here and make sure the door doesn't close and go. Block the wood. (laughs) Just like go buy a a board of wood that you can stick in the middle. (laughs) So it can't close and leave you. To be fair, I don't know. Is that like a newer thing where like if you stick your hand in the elevator like that it has that sensor? I honestly don't know how new that technology is. I don't know. I'm going to text my So mama. maybe a block is smarter to like put right up against where it would the door would slide out so it can't slide shut. How long have elevators <laughs> had sensors when you wave your hand to keep them from closing. <laughs> we'll see if my mom knows. <laughs> I could probably Google this, but yeah, let's see what she remembers. But my my instinct is always to ask my mother first. So yeah. But 1987, oh. I wasn't alive then yet, so like <laughs> I can't be like back back. I remember. I don't. Right. Right. So they get down there. Um, I think. I think I can't remember if they're if I think the kids are together. I think uh, Tameo's sitting on the ground, blood yes. bleeding from her knee, blood all around her, and the Kaori, the other little girl, yeah, is there too, and crying. The dog big. is like at attention. Cookie is at attention, staring at mm-hmm. something. Right at like the back wall, kind of right. where Tameo got hurt. So they were able to go back up. Um, they go to the hospital, uh, and this part drove me insane so up to now i believe um um maceo has told her husband that she doesn't like the basement doesn't mm-hmm. want to put stuff down there and he's being it's fine not believing her they go to, he gets to the hospital because he got the phone call he's talking to the doctor and the doctor is saying a weasel wind did it and a weasel wind is that like the wind can just pick up and it can whip like a stone or something at you or in the air, really, like through the air. 
and if it hits you it could slice you open like his this happened to his the doctor's sister or something when they were kids we are talking about a fucking basement like as (laughs) he's explaining this wind i'm like yeah that's a thing like i can see that like i remember some really windy days especially in the middle of buildings or like outside Mm -hmm. in between buildings and stuff Mm -hmm. where like i felt like i was fighting a rock to Mm -hmm. get to the subway Mm-hmm. But again, How about outside. in the basement? No, no, not in the basement. You ever feel that? No, not Mm-mm. in the basement. Not even with like <laughs> the door open. Uh, no, I guess I've had it a few times where it's like the door won't like trying to open a door in a wind, but still. Mm. Yeah. And so the da- he said the dad does say he's like, I wasn't there, but it's my understanding she was inside. And he's like, well, she probably happened when they were outside and then they went inside to play and then she noticed that she was bleeding. Like kids play through a lot of stuff before they realize this they're is hurt. true. It's just like this, this is, is true, but this is bullshit. I mean, yeah, this is <laughs> like situation. The the argument that like when a kid gets injured, you should not immediately jump up. Like unless they're like right. actively like, you know, bleeding or whatever. But like right. a child reacts. They're they're right. likely more crying because of your reaction rather than Right. Uh, right. But she, like, had, like, a nice slice. Basically. She needed stitches. Yeah. So, I believe Aiko then doesn't let her kids play down there after that happens. Yes. No, that was the end of it. Yeah. It also was, like, she had definitely started to not feel great about the apartment because, um, that was like kind of the starting point where she was like, maybe it's not a terrible, like maybe it's not crazy that all these people are leaving. Mm-hmm. But that isn't the point that they decide to move out. But it is definitely like yeah. a things aren't great. It's like this, right, right. So weasel wins, <sighs> right? But we also learn too. They go uh, when Maceo basically she tells her husband we need to go thank. I can't remember his name. The but fifth like floor the dude. I don't actually know if they yeah. gave us his name. They did. It was. I think it began with an S. I don't remember. Okay. <laughs> um, but she's like, we need to thank him. He was like, the husband's just like, for what? Like, it's an elevator and there was an electronic or an electric issue and that's what happened. And so she just basically like was like, no, we're going to thank him. So they thank him and he just explains you know, reorganizing or redirecting energy and that there's been a bad vibe here. And I think... I can't remember. He asks them something very pointedly. Or not pointedly, but he asks them something. And it well, made me be like, oh. He definitely was like, you definitely feel the vibe. Like, you. Basically, yeah. Like, you know this energy's not good. Right. And, like, you should leave. Yeah. Everyone should leave. Because um, he's moving out. We know that woman's moving out. There's like I want a, to say there was someone else. There was. There was like an entire floor that we never heard from. I think it was the third yeah. floor because second floor moved out. Or maybe it was the first floor. I don't remember. Second floor moved out. He lived on the fifth. Um, neighbors on the fourth. And I feel like the woman was on six or seven. So Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. He's like, everyone should move out. Yes. Um. And they don't. <laughs> but then... The the dad, um, Tepe, is still like, you guys are all insane. Like, this is... He is. And then, okay. So then... Actually, to back up, we get to... One night when he's out with his brother, they're at a karaoke bar. Oh, yes. And he sings a song. 
and then after he's done, a guy at the bar was just like, "Oh, I forgot about this." I, yeah, three people I know who sang that song all died shortly thereafter, and I was just like, "Uh oh." <laughs> like, and what? So I was saying? worried about the dad the whole time from there, really, because he also the ones who don't believe. They always, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my God! So that happens because this book starts in March. Yes. And goes to July. Is it July? Okay. I checked. Yeah. Oh my God. July twenty seventh. So um, April, March, April, May, June, July. Five months. It's yes. So I was thinking about that when the caretaker and his wife, and really the wife, I think asks. Because she's just like, ah, he doesn't want to ask you. Basically, they want to do some recon. They want to figure it out. They want to figure out what happened in that basement because she keeps it super clean. Um, They've never seen anything, like, sharp down there. Like, they have no idea how how his kid could have gotten hurt. And I was just like, no, don't do this, Tepe. But Tepe doesn't believe, and he wants to be able to tell his wife, see, everything's fine. Right. So I'm going to do this little recon mission with the caretaker and his wife. She doesn't want him to. No. And, like, <laughs> I've had a mouse in my wall. Mm-hmm. That's not going to wake you up in the middle of the night. Like, I guess unless it's right above your head. Like, the amount of noise that would have come from the basement. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. I forgot that part. That was why. Yes. Yes. Because they had woken up. And thinking that there was a party going on in the basement or something. But they were too scared to go look. Right. Uh, Or I think the caretaker, I don't remember their names. He didn't want to go with just his wife. He wanted more people, it sounded like. So they were going to ask. And he also definitely wasn't going alone. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. I appreciate the caretaker is definitely a chicken. Yeah. Like his wife is definitely the one who wears the pants in the family. Yeah. And fuck yeah. Yeah. I mean, after a little girl gets hurt and no one can figure out how because there's no sharp edges. Right. And you're talking about weasel winds when there's no wind inside of a basement that has no windows or doors. There's no windows. Yeah. I'd be a chicken. But they did get someone out. Yeah. They did get someone out to like look and check the elevator to see. Mm -hmm. And apparently it's in working condition because obviously it's ghosts. I think that might have also been when they, uh, the caretaker turned. Was that one? They he unlocked the the stairwell doors. Uh, or was that after this incident? <laughs> I think it was after this. Okay. Inc- a lot happens after this you know, incident. Where everyone's like, no. Um. So they go into the basements, and they take decide to split up. I mean, again, it's not a large basement, but they decide to split it into thirds, essentially, mm-hmm. and, um. Tepe is in the back near where his daughter got injured. And they don't really find anything other than the company with that was making the high calorie bars left a bunch of high calorie bars. Still there. Because Chekhov's bar. Yep. Yeah. Um, is that when he notices the hole in the wall? I was just wondering that, too. Um, it might have been. I don't. Th- Ugh, honestly, I don't remember. 
there was definitely something there that wasn't there when he went to look after his daughter got injured. I think so. I think that might have been it. Oh, right. That was the other thing. Um, Aiko thought that she heard voices on the other side of the wall. And that's yes. one of the things he was listening for when he goes back there. But all he hear, he might have heard a faint rustling, but he just thought it was his hair. Um, right. And Yes, it is with a hole in the wall because no, of the rustling. There was right. no hole in the wall at that point. Oh. Yeah. There, he said there okay. wasn't a single fissure and the, the coat of paint looks fine. Like everything looks fine. So yeah, it was the, okay. it was Aiko hearing voices that brought him to the back. I mean, they were going to check the whole right. basement, but that's what brought him over there. Right. Um, I was really worried the scene would prove to be nothing. Oh, I thought. And like, like just completely like go the direction of like dividing this family mm-hmm. and um, is the mother crazy, et cetera, et cetera. No, <laughs> no, nope. that is not what happens at all. Nope. The uh, oh. the elevator doesn't come when they press the button, and they feel this like overwhelming sense of cold, mm-hmm. like a like wind in a this... fucking basement. <laughs> but like a and essentially a weasel wind, like it's so cold and so yeah. fierce. Yeah. And but maybe a little focused because I feel like he first notices it around his ankles yes. the way his wife did that first time. Um, yes. And they because he's only wearing flip flops because right, it's just going into the basement <laughs> and they all feel right. it. This is not like one person is noticing this. They they are all feeling it, and they all right. start to freak out. <laughs> and they're hitting the button, and the elevator again is not moving. Mm-hmm. Um, and. He also, like, makes a comment about, like, how he hasn't been missing that long. Like, his wife definitely wouldn't have realized mm-hmm. that he something was wrong. Right. That's not enough time for her to bother coming to check. Yes. Uh, the caretaker's wife, uh, Mitsue, she says she knows why the wind kicked up. It's because of the underground road they dug. And he's like, what? <laughs> he's like, oh, the underground yes. road. Which we have, lear- I think, learned about it by this point because... Yes. Um, uh, I feel like she does the research before yes. the, the man on the fifth floor leaves. Yeah. Maceo goes to do that research. Basically, there was a whole plan to create this underground, like, mall situation with, like, that connected to, to the apartment building. And I'm assuming other buildings they were right. going to build um, for simplicity's sake. I don't sake. think th- this, the apartment building was, it, it only came to be in August mm-hmm. of 86. So this building's only been around for, like, six months at this point. Yeah. So, like, it was supposed to be an underground tunnel to connect these two different subway stops. Right. But they wanted to have, like, shops Which, like, and restaurants and, like... Yeah. Persona 5 has this in a couple places um, where it's, like, an underground shopping center and stuff. And so I was like, okay, cool. I can connect that in my head. Um, but it all kind of caved in. The, the theory... Is that, like, the temple just didn't want to give up the land right. or whatever. Also, they were still burying people and mm-hmm. not necessarily cremating everybody. So um, they were not going to give up the land. And the deal just kind of fell through. Right. Except for the rumor is that the developers had decided to start building a hole. 
Which is a really counting your chickens before your eggs are hatched type yeah. of situation. <laughs> and everybody's like, what do you do when you just start building this hole? And they're like, I don't know. We just, you know, fill it in at some point. It got filled in by this basement. Yeah. <laughs> and they Wait, and the road is left there because there is, like, yes. there's a road. <clears throat> the road to nowhere. Right. So the wind's whipping up. They're freaking out. Tepe feels like something like I think he gets knocked over and then feels something hitting him on the back of the head multiple times. So I was like, oh, my God, is he going to die? Because remember the song yeah. where the guy at the karaoke bar. Um, he doesn't die. No. Uh, I <coughs> like the implication that the caretaker's wife um, definitely soiled herself mm-hmm. like that just shows that it was a hell of a scary yeah. experience because like her her husband starts freaking out before the both of them his voice right. is getting high and he like you can tell he like the description he is he's freaking out before and she's just trying to like rationalize and it I yeah yeah but like yeah at this point you can't explain this away yeah and like Tepe doesn't try to explain it away, but he also doesn't accept what's going on. Right. He doesn't t- really talk about it either. No. Which... He just starts drinking and, mm-hmm. like, disassociating. And there's also, like, a moment where Maceo is going to visit some job opportunities and, like, almost walks in front of a car. Yeah. And I was like, it's just a possession. Right. Or just some serious disassociation. Yes. And, like... Like she was because there's also a mention earlier of a of a child who gets hit by a car. Yeah, because the the school uniforms all have like either a yellow cap or a yellow something, and they they right. tell her it's because before everything was all blue or whatever, and a kid died because they just walked in the street in the car they didn't see them. So when that happens, I'm glad. Like I had the same thought when Maceo almost walks into the street. I was like, oh, the house is she possessed? Is she losing time? Like, yeah. There's there's not really a ton of, like, I think there's, like, another line or two somewhere about time passing awkwardly mm-hmm. or, like, too fast or something. But I don't think there really is a possession going on. Mm. I don't know. It's like the ghost can't quite figure out how they want to fuck with these people. Right. So, so okay. after this is when the fourth floor family is, like, peace out. Yeah. This event is what... And by this point... Again, there's only three families right. at this point. It's our original family, Aiko's family, and the caretakers. Yeah. So, and they're able to leave. Um, they're able to leave before they sell. Uh, yes. The Aiko's family. I can't yes, remember they're why. They're able to family help. They. The, yes, yeah. one of them, ha- their family members has a place that they can stay while they get back on their feet. And yes, they're able to leave, but it Let's, is not easily. Yeah. I meant like financially. <laughs> they Financially, now, yes. Physically. Let's dive into that. <laughs> because... <sighs> they get, the movers get there. It's the rainy season, mm-hmm. which apparently means it's rainy and humid and hot and sounds fucking miserable. And so they're moving in the rain and they get done. They go to say goodbye to Maceo and family and they all go downstairs chatting. 
And there's a comment, oh, they had ordered takeout, and the guy was like, well, like, I tried to come by, but, like, everything was locked up, and, like, this whole discussion of, like, are they locked, are the caretakers locking up because of robbers, because now they are leaving all the staircases open and stuff, and, like, it's just really weird that they would do that, because they didn't. Nope. They did not. Mm -mm. So, when they go to leave, the door is locked. And all of a sudden, white handprints start appearing on the glass. Now, this is the point at which I was like, this would make an amazing movie. I can see this. In and then I was like, let's Google because everything we review for the podcast becomes a movie or a show. Which it, is awesome. Right. And it is going to be a movie. <laughs> <They're>, <laughs> um, they announced it. Oh, God. I can't remember when I sent that to you. Um I know, I was just looking too. I think they might have announced it in, was it 2019? Uh, I really okay. hope this book picks up because, like, this book is only out in hardback and ebook right now in, in English. And, like, I want more people to read it. Mm -hmm. It's so good. Yeah. Maybe after the movie, the movie was projected for 2020, excuse me, 2021, but. Uh, I'm not really sure with, you know, COVID and everything, if that's still going to happen. Yeah, but that was the part where I was like, oh, my God, because they just kept appearing over and over, like in different spots and also different sizes. So, like, yes. that was the one where I was like, oh, dear. <laughs> yes. Um, Like. Very clearly not the same right. hand. And also, he I'm sorry, they were also hearing it, too, right? hearing the slapping they were hearing yeah but not seeing anyone on the other side of the glass so good they all start panicking as you can imagine um i think the dad um aiko's husband is able to just get the door open at some point after a while because the caretakers are out there it's everyone who's left in the building and the dog like they're all down there to say goodbye yes. to this family and I think her husband just, like, eventually is able to shove it open or run into like it. Like, just enough. Just yeah. enough. Get open. Everyone goes flying out. The dog actually runs off because I think Tamayo had his leash and she lets go. And I was worried about the dog when the dog comes back. Um, so they leave. And I was just like, how can you stay here? How can you physically stay here? You just need to leave right now. Like, the door is open. You cannot stay here. Yeah. Like, yeah, at that point, I was like, fucking get out. Yep. Get out. Get out, get out, get out. <laughs> like, they're actively trying to keep you in. Right. And then the there are several times I was like, I understand that financially you guys can't do this, but like suck it up and call your mother. Right. You're being haunted. And like, it's definitely set up where they're, they don't have the family support the way Aiko's family does. Right. Because we've seen Tepe interact with his brother and it's definitely tension. He doesn't get a really along with, he doesn't really get along with his brother's wife. Um, the brother still finds it. He doesn't, he hasn't gelled really with Maceo. Because he really liked his first sister-in-law and just, like, has a lot of resentment, as we'll find out, of him basically having to sort of cover for and excuse what his brother did. Yeah. So, that happens, and they're able to leave. And then the next... Yeah. 
is the caretakers are able to leave. They get another job, basically. Like, when that started happening, like, these sense of isolation and, like, this abandoned Mm -hmm. building, essentially, and just, like, no. Yeah. No, buds. No. Yeah. And, like, this is not to say, so we should also say, Maceo had wanted to leave before Tepe's incident, his event. And he was like, we can't afford that. After that, they start talking about it. <laughs> they really start to consider it. And then they actually start looking at places. Um, I think it's after Aiko's family and that whole thing. They start looking. Yes, because the caretakers, essentially the reason that they're moving out that day is because they know that um, Maceo and family are moving out that the same week. Right. Right. Because they find this cute. Well, first, there's two apartments. We got to talk about that. They go to a real estate agent and there's. Well, wait, let's talk about the caretaker leaving first. I think they don't they pick the they pick the apartment for the house first. They go see talked about the caretakers and then it went and talked about everything that they have gone through. Did it? Because I thought she got the news about the house when the caretakers were there. Someone was there when she got the phone call about. Oh, maybe you're right. Maybe you're I right. Think okay, let's talk about what they the apartments that they were looking at. Okay. There's one apartment and it's a young woman. It's gonna be available like mid July, I believe, because she's getting married. Yes. And then there's a house, a cute little house that I think is ready like right now. It is, and it is essentially this guy's it's like his house in the backyard. Mm-hmm. His son lived there for years right. and like he is not interested in raising the rent mm-hmm. and like it, everything about this is too perfect. Right. I feel like I can't remember if it was in the best spot for dad to get to work, but I was just like, you know what? You're being motherfucking haunted. You walk an extra yes. mile to the train station. I don't exactly. know what to tell you. I feel like <laughs> at one point, like the dad makes a couple comments and it's yes. like, that's what I want. You to can learn about. to walk a little bit more. Yes. Yes. Because he seemed to not like either place. And this is where I was like, is something going on with dad? Is dad possessed? Like, is, is he, what is happening? Because, I mean, you don't need him to keep you in the house if you got these ghost handprints with the locked doors. But I right. was concerned. Like, leave him behind. I don't know. It was a weird vibe. Like, is the apartment just trying to keep them from leaving? Or just, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. So, the caretakers are going to leave. I think is that the same day? I think they come to say goodbye. Or no? Yes. So they like essentially we learn about that um, the caretaker has been in bed. His heart is weak. Mm-hmm. Like he's not doing well. And his wife stepped up yeah. and did everything and found them another caretaker position mm-hmm. um, in a different city near the ocean. Yep. And like, yeah, yep. uh, it it all lined up so well. Yes. So when they go to say goodbye to Maceo, yes, that's when she gets the phone call. Oh, no, actually. Okay. They were going to right. take the house. The house was perfect size. Right. They Actually, they pay the money. They Whatever they have to do. Oh, they put a deposit. They put a yes. deposit. And then they get a phone call that the house burned down. It was like 100 yen a month, like less than $100 a month for this house. Like, the rent was nothing. And it was basically where they could afford that and their mortgage, basically, for the apartment. But the house burns down, which 
the real estate agent tells them that the, he thinks it's arson because the gas and electricity had been disconnected. So what could have caused it? Yes. No other houses in the area were damaged. It was just this house. And this is where I was like, dad's possessed. Dad's become an ar- arsonist. Oh, baby. Yeah. I mean, no, but <laughs> or maybe I don't know. I don't know. It's like there's a little hints of possession that are never picked up. But yeah, that would have been good. Yeah. So the real estate agent says that they can move the deposit over to the apartment if they'd like. So they do that. The problem is it's a further out moving date. And that's when the caretakers are leaving. And she gets a phone call. They're up in Maceo's apartment saying goodbye, basically, when she gets the phone call from the real estate agency that... The young woman, the perfectly healthy young woman who lived in that apartment, who was going to get married, died. She's like 22. Right. Died in the apartment. And the police won't let anyone go in or take, you know, they can't until they determine cause of death. No one can touch the apartment. Right. So this is where I was Which like, I get. Tepe is an arsonist and a murderer. Because <laughs> I was still not convinced. I was just like, how? That's fair. How? Oh, I was like the ghost. The ghosts are fucking doing this. Like they don't want they for some reason. I don't know if it's that they feel that they have this bad mojo over them because of like the first wife dying or whatever. Mm -hmm. But they're like they let everybody else kind of go, but they're not letting this family go. Yep. Yep. But they let the caretakers go. Want to talk about that? Yes. Yeah. This was. (laughs) This was my feeling before even the end of the book. And the caretaker thing, yes. I had to read this a couple times because I wasn't (laughs) quite sure what happened. But there's a flash of light. Mm -hmm. Which I'm guessing is the same flashes of lights that show up later. But didn't, didn't, didn't do anything. Like maybe it missed their first try. They were really bad at it. I don't know. Maybe. I honestly don't know. Yeah. But they drive past the temple and he's the the taxi driver's like asking where they're going. Making conversations. Yeah. And it's like, oh, you had a big crowd going to see you off. And they were like, no, no one saw us off. And he's like, uh, okay, maybe it was just a funeral because they didn't look too happy and blah blah blah. And I was like, "This is fucking terrifying." Mm-hmm. That and because it's like ten to twelve ghosts. Yes, just standing there. He said, "Looking sad, oh. all dressed in black." So maybe they were attending a funeral. Um, so fucking terrifying. That and also too, when they get in the car and that light flash thing happens, the cab driver also doesn't notice it. It's just them two who see it. Yes. Yeah. So now our family is the only family in the building. But you know what? They find another house. That's it's that just happens. It just works out very well. It's going to be great. It's going to be fine. Oh, it's perfect. Mm -hmm. That's another perfect house when the first house burned down. So let's not get our hopes up. It's being (laughs) subleased. They only, you know, they have, there's a room, a tiny, perfect size room for the kid. Mm-hmm. There's a backyard. Mm-hmm. Everything about it. The guy's going to live in New York mm-hmm. for a while. So, like, yeah. Yeah. So, Tepe asks his brother and his brother's wife to come over to help them move. And they come over the night before. 
and both you and I had the same feeling of, oh my God, what's going to happen overnight? Yes. And then the next chapter they wake up. <laughs> yeah. It's like moving day. Every horror story movie told me that that night before they moved mm-hmm. out was going to be the worst night and they would prevail mm-hmm. and get the fuck out the next morning. Nope. Nope. That's, nope. Nope. If they open their eyes the next morning. I think the text what? I got for you was, um, it's the next day and there's like 70 pages left. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. I was like, I don't like this. Yeah. So. <sighs> so now, okay. So now it's July 26th is their moving day. They moved in on March 9th because I think the book starts on the 10th. Yeah. Yes. So it's not been that long. But uh, something strange happens. None of the windows will open and the balcony door won't open. Which is not the first time that it's happened. But I would assume that at least the dad's forgotten about that because he assumed they were stuck. Right. So then they go down stairs And the glass door is that, you know, glass. You can see through it. You can't because of all the white handprints that are on there to the point where you can't see through the glass. Can't see to the to outside and can't open that door either. Now, this is where I was just like, break the glass, break the glass. Just go get something to break the glass. And then they do. um, I think they get a hammer. Maceo goes upstairs for a hammer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that does not do anything. Oh. This is where I was like, oh, God. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no. the the I guess ghostly presence surrounding it is somehow, like, shielding the... I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Or it's, it's strengthening the glass. Yeah. And then they're like, okay, fine. This is weird. But the movers are going to be here. Right. We'll just yell for them to get help. And also the the movers. People coming to take apart the air conditioner and move it. And right. the people turn off There's people the coming. electricity or the cable or something. You know, something. the very 80s thing where I'm just like, we would do this all online now. Yay. Right. The movers come first and they can hear the movers on the other side. The movers cannot hear them screaming at them yes. to get to get help and they can't open the door. And then there's like, I can't remember exactly how she describes it, but there's basically like weird gurgling sounds. Mm-hmm. Like the the work, the movers are talking and then all of a sudden they're not talking yes. and there's those sounds. And I was just like, the ghosts. All right. The ghosts have come and killed them. Yeah. But I love that the families are like, or the families, the women. I don't remember who all is downstairs. I think it's only, I think Naomi's still upstairs. And they're mm-hmm. just kind of like, maybe they're just alive. Maybe they just went back to their truck. Maybe, like, a myriad of things. Right. Let's go to the roof and see if we can yell down to them. And when they're go- going up to the roof and when they look down, um, there's no moving truck. Yeah. There's no truck. But there are two dark puddles that are steaming. Yep. Ah. Yep. <laughs> So they basically like go back to the apartment and this whole time this is the other thing this whole time when they're moving 
they're taking the elevator. Same thing with the caretakers. When they're leaving, they're taking the elevator. I was just like, what happens when you take the elevator and it just takes you to the basement? Right? Which the brother-in-law or the I think actually the sister, uh, the sister-in-law, his wife, Naomi, I think she says when they first get there, when they take the she was like, yeah, it was so weird. We I swore we pressed eight, but at first it took us to the basement. I feel like that was when like they came to visit at a random point and that happened or something. Oh, maybe it was that. And yeah, yeah she was yeah. like, you could have like a rave or a club down there. And it's like, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. So they do eventually tell the, the brother and the, the wife what has been going on. And the brother is rightfully so super pissed off that his brother asked him to help him move out of a fucking haunted house and yeah. didn't tell him this stuff was going on. <laughs> I, like, I understood the brother's wrath and, like, Tepe, um, like, at one point it talks about how he has a very, like, lackluster approach on how he um, handles uh, parenting and things. And, like, also watching Midsummer recently, like, he is very much, like, that lazy, self-centered, but not malicious mm-hmm. type guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And he does actually, He um, the brother explodes on Tepe, too, at one point where he's like, well, everything that happened, like, I had to, like, cover for you or, like, uh, when, when his wife um, passed away that he kind of had to take care of everything, basically. And... That he's just been very resentful of that. And he liked his sister-in-law. Like, yeah. He liked her. I, yeah. So. The vibe with the sister-in-law is weird. Like, I feel like he had a crush on the sister-in-law or something because, like, it's not the wife. The wife he's married is, like, so polar opposite. And yeah. I don't know. It's just a very weird vibe overall. Um, maybe. Or maybe he just really liked her. I yeah. don't know. But yeah. Or, like, also, Tepe, when he's thinking about it. He and his first wife did everything, like, all the traditional, yes. like, meeting the parents, and then you have the engagement, and then you have the big wedding, and then you do this, whereas him and Maceo are kind of, like, because of how things happened, they kind of just did things very quietly. Mm-hmm. So maybe the brother also kind of held it up on, like, almost a pedestal of, like, these are the things that you do, the steps that you take with your soon-to-be wife, because that's what he saw Tepe doing yeah. with Reiko. Yeah. And just kind of, I don't know. But the fact that he had to do the funeral and everything, that's just awful. Right. 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 So when the electrician comes, or the people to cut that off in the air or the whatever they have to cut off, I did like this. This was a smart idea. Um, Tepe wants to write notes and, like, attach yes. them to, like, spoons and shit and drop them down or off the balcony or off the roof. Off the roof because they can't get out right. the balcony. Uh, which was very smart. I and I was like, okay, maybe we'll get some help. Also, find it weird that like the ghost let him on the roof. But I guess like if you're gonna jump, you're gonna get severely injured. You're not likely going to like walk away from that. <laughs> also, maybe right. they were like, die. watch our power. Right, right. Because they, oh god. So they do this. They get the people get the notes, and like I feel like the the two drivers like they they look up at the building and look scared. To which I was just like, what are you seeing? Because they wouldn't necessarily be scared of two people on a roof. Right. Yeah, they're... And they start to leave. Yeah. Right. They're definitely seeing the ghost, right? Yeah. Or something... Yeah. Or something with the building because... 
someone says the building was glowing. Yes. It looked like it, it was glowing. It's, um, oh, gosh. I think that's when the caretakers left. Was it the cab driver? Yes. Yeah. Uh, something, I don't know, but flash a light and screams, smoke. <laughs> Horrible <laughs> death. <laughs> That they have to Horrible, watch. Horrible, vaporized-ish death. Yeah. yeah, that they have to watch. So it's... Uh, and then, of course, so that happens. Then, then they have no electricity. This, okay, this part also pissed me off. Um, when Maceo's doing food inventory and Tepe's like, why don't we have a lot of food? And it's like, we're, you, we're fucking we're moving. moving. Why? Who goes grocery shopping before yes. you move? No one. <laughs> like... Oh. It's such a mess. It is, because then I was just like, to me, I was just like, okay, how long are these ghosts going to fuck with them? And, like, are they just getting enjoyment out also, of this? Because, like, they turn off the electricity in the apartment. Mm-hmm. And it's summer. Yes. It's hot. And it's, like, they, and it's not rained in a few days. Like, it's, it's like, a beating down right. sun. But it's clear that the electricity is still on because of the elevator still working. And they're like, all the other doors are locked. Right. Fucking break a door. No one else tried to break the front door and that didn't work. Sure. But trying to break, you're still staying in the apartment, but maybe you can find, I don't know, some kind of, I don't know, shade or something. I don't know. know. Or if that floor is too hot because heat also rises. Get Mm -hmm. closer. I That was another thing. This was, I was also thinking this before when there was at least Aiko's family and the caretakers. I was like, uh-huh. I know you bought the house, but like, can't you just move down to be right? closer to people? Like, just move your shit down, downstairs, at least closer. Cause then, cause my rationale was more so you don't have to use this elevator. Exactly. Because we should not be getting in the elevator. The elevator <laughs> that has clearly stopped a few times and also has taken someone to the basement not voluntarily. Right. Not voluntarily. And right. yeah. You're right. Get within. Figure out how many floors you want to walk. Two at the most? Cool. Right. But, I mean, the caretakers don't have the keys to every apartment because, like, they're for sale. But. So? Like, I don't know. At this point. Ask like, if you can transfer the deed to the third floor or the second floor or something. But I don't know how this works. But <laughs> at this point, I'm just like, fucking break a lock. The sun's not going to be yeah. on both sides of the building. Yeah. At that point, out. yeah, yeah. So they realize or remember that the diet bars are in the basement. These high calorie bars, because they try to rational out the food and mm-hmm. realizing, you know, even the dog, and they're worried that the water is going to shut off. And it hasn't quite shut off, but it, like it definitely starts to dribble, it's slowing. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe that was a point. I was like, fucking. I don't know uh, the way apartment buildings work. I doubt it. I mean, there's got to be the same pipe. Right. Whatever. Um, So, yes, the gentlemen decide to go to the basement to get these high calorie bars. So they can get enough of them. They can hopefully last this out for a while. Mm -hmm. I guess to see if the ghost eventually, like, just get tired of pissing them off. I don't know. I get, but this was also my thing of, all right, so they both go, they both walk out of the elevator to go get them. Why is someone not staying in the elevator to make sure that you don't get trapped in the basement? I don't understand the planning with these fools. Something to put in the sensor, anything, 
anything. To like, stop the doors from closing yes. so that it can't leave. Something. But Something. no. I mean, okay. Also, they don't get trapped in the basement, but that is not the point. No. <laughs> not the point It's at not. All. But, like, by this point, like, you should be doing or at least forcing the ghost to prove that they'll keep the elevator down there, which I guess they have. So, like, I guess if you keep it open, they won't move it. I don't know. Just, like, force their hands in several different ways. I mean, try to, like, not get trapped in the basement. If you have to right? go, try to make, you know, take the precautions to not Be get trapped. Be smart. So, but they go, but, like, so they see the bars. I think I think they grab, I don't remember if they, I think they grab the bars, but there's a hole in the wall. Yes. And his brother hears voices. <laughs> And starts calling out to them. And the voices are responding. And they're like, hey, just come here or whatever. So I know that this is a stressful situation. Right. I don't want to downplay his brother's mental health here. And like that it's it's got to be deteriorating. Like this is traumatic. He watched people get killed. Yes. But I guess. But like he's res- His assumption is like the way that reception or vibrations or whatever works. Is that they're hearing, you know, from buildings away or some shit. I don't mm-hmm. know. I was just like, this is a mirage, but it's not. It's the ghosts. Like, <laughs> so they end up going back upstairs and telling everyone or the adults. I think Tamara's yeah. probably around, but they tell like Maceo and the, the, the wife, Naomi. Yes. Um, And Naomi and the brother's name is. Tatsuchi. Yes. Tatsuchi. They're both very like, nope, we got to go. We got this is our chance. Like they get dressed up or not dressed, but like, she, you know, they put on. She like, gets your, dressed back up. Yeah. She gets dressed up, like puts her, her clothes back, like her good clothes back on. They're um, convinced that the, it's the, that they have found the road and it is going to lead out. Which is a good theory. Yeah. But to where? Like my thing is like, okay. I can't remember. Did they tell? They told the brother and the, the wife about the underground road. Eventually, yes. Because they're like. Eventually. Eventually, he explains the entire fact that, like, the building's been right. haunting them and, like, right. all the signs that they've had. And, like, they think just, that the reason is is because they're dead or at the end of that road that was built. Mm-hmm. No, okay. That's my. That's the thing. If this building is what is at the end of the road, so if you were in the middle of the road and you walked towards this building, you're going to run into a, a, a wall. Right. Because the building, it's, it's blocked off. So what do you think is at the other end? How do How is it open? It's not. If this whole thing didn't happen, it's not. But, and like, you know. Even the, the uh, Tepe is like, maybe if I could see, like, a light or some kind of, like, source, like, I, you know, think about going in. But, like, it's a bad idea. is not a good idea but they decide to go down they only have one flashlight which um to be fair i, I don't guess, even think we have a flashlight but we have a fuck ton of candles so. I have, and i have a phone that has a flashlight. oh yeah that's right i have two phones also, with flashlights like, one smart thing i think the that night because this is only the day after moving day yes this is not like several days it's literally the next day no 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 um, when they go to the basement it's been a couple mm-hmm. days Really? Yes, because they slept out. It's the second day since. So the day after they see someone die, then they all sleep together in the living room. Because it's like three something in the morning. 
when they go down there. July twenty sixth is moving day. Right, and it's like three thirty in the morning when Tepe is like, "Let's go down to the basement." No, it's July twenty seventh at seven a.m. So it's only been a day. Oh, like they so they slept together. They slept all in the living room that night. Yes. So like moving day night. Yes. So like moving day eve. We thought something was going to happen. Nothing happened. Moving Nothing day happened. comes. That's when they saw people die. This right. is the day after that. So I think we've been saying the same thing. Just yes, <laughs> yeah. The twenty seventh. Yes. The next day. Like not a lot of time has passed. Yes. In terms of days, but it's been a very long. But imagine July. It's been long for them. Right. Without air conditioning. And also being terrified. Also the entire yes. time. Um. So. I did like that was what I was going to say. That night, the night before, they're going to go check the basement out in the morning. Um, I think Maceo uh, goes to grab the flashlight. Or someone does. And someone else is like, no, no, I think Tepe's like, no, no, we need to conserve the battery. Yes. So they use candles. I was like, okay, you were thinking. This is smart. <sighs> but then they go. I was very nervous because they had to make the hole bigger. And they did. But everyone's in the basement. No one is in the elevator because they just don't believe in keeping that thing from not leaving them down there. So the kid's down there. The dog's down there. All four adults are down there. And, like, as they're, like, making the hole bigger, that's where I was just like, this is just, I can't. What are it's you doing? Don't do idea. this. It's such a bad idea. Because, <laughs> actually, I think the hole got bigger. Yes. Like, it was, like, easily... Like, being pulled to get bigger. Mm-hmm. And then I can't, I don't know, I don't think they hear the voices. Yeah, no, suddenly all these voices that were like, yeah, we're going to help. Right, Tepe's like, where are your friends at? <laughs> yes. <laughs> where are your friends that you thought were going to rescue us? This is not a good idea. Yes, like suddenly but, this busy crowd of people have all right. gone to get help. Right. But Tatsuji and Naomi get in. They go into the dark. They have Whoa. the flashlight. And they go in. And I was just like, also bugs. I can't deal with this. Right? Like, the amount of dread that I was feeling here. <sighs> it... I So, anyway, yeah. So, they go in. And... Suddenly, I think, I can't remember. Did they start screaming first? Yes. Well, actually, no. First, the dog starts freaking out. Yes. And then the screaming starts. From inside, obviously. From, yes. Like, and then a weird sound, like like the earth moving, like shifting, Whoa. like gurgling, and then... This was the one that got me, was the sound of suppressed laughter. Yes. Like, these ghosts, there's no metaphor here. These are very angry, vengeful ghosts. The end. This was very much to me like, I'm 12 years old, 10, 10, 12 years old, reading Fear Street, getting freaked out. This is what this was for me, and I was very happy about it. Yes, same. This is, I woke up in the middle of the night, and like, I sleep with a TV on. 
I let Friends run because HBO Max doesn't go like, are you still watching? And Friends is what I've slept to for years now. So, like, yeah. And uh, walked to my bathroom, which is in my bedroom, and walked past my closet and was like, should I start considering closing my closet door? Yes. Oh, yeah. Like, the entire time we've been recording, (laughs) all I've been thinking is that my roommate has definitely gone to work. It is 9 o'clock at night. And I did not turn on enough lights in my apartment before coming to record. We should have done this on a Saturday or Sunday. It's okay. like, you know what? 24 and 48, we got to, like, put you on pause. It's okay. Okay. Yeah. How much? Okay. So that happens to them. Tepe, Maceo, they grab their kid and their dog and they go flying towards the elevator. Yes. Did you think they were going to make it to the elevator and go up? Because I thought those doors were going to shut in front of them. No, I did not think this was the standoff. I still genuinely thought that they would get out. Like, I thought that the ghosts would be happy with this sacrifice and would let the family go. Mm, mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. I did not. No, you were dead set that they were done. <laughs> right. Well, because also, like, okay, so thinking back to Fear Street, the cheerleaders book, the first one ends with Corky getting a letter that says it still lives. Or you, Oh, no, you can't right. be drowned. Yes. No. I don't remember, but it's that might be essentially the like. At the end of the second. That's the end of the second hey. one. It's something that says it still lives. So, like. I, I don't think there's a sequel to this that I, I haven't seen anything about a sequel to this, no. but that's like my mindset is like, this shit may not be over. I don't think it's over. No, it's definitely not. Uh, yeah. Especially with the ad at the end of this. Yes. So three days pass. They have those bars. They're eating those bars. And I, I just... How long do you think you can survive? Because the doors and the, I'm sorry, the windows and the balcony doors still won't open. It's been Um, days of sunshine, not even like getting a break because of rain, which the rain wouldn't necessarily help because it's going to be fucking humid. Right. But. Right. Yeah. They have a radio and the radio keeps like, oh, we're at like 90 degrees. Crazy. We've got some records and stuff and just. Yeah, definitely a battery powered radio. Yeah. Um, so. And they, like, decide to have sex. Which I found a little odd. Yeah, I mean. One, it's hot. It's hum- It's hot. It's 90 degrees. You have no air conditioning. <laughs> but at the same time, you might die. I guess. So... But, like, the summer after I moved to New York... And realized I didn't have central air. I had my window unit in the living room. And, like, spent a lot of nights in the living room because my bedroom was so hot. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I couldn't afford, I just couldn't budget and afford a second one. Yeah. And the next, like, I think it was, like, April of next year, February or something. Like, very early on, I was like, I am buying this off-season to put into my bedroom because, like... There was no way I was doing that again. And I remember my boyfriend at the time coming and visiting and being like, you don't have an AC in your bedroom. And just having moments where it was like, no, bud, it's just miserably hot. Mm Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. I did like that they they had a talk, like, asked if either of them had any regrets. Yes. Uh, She asked that question, like, if you hadn't met me, you would not be here. I mean, neither would she. 
Uh, but he has no regrets. She doesn't seem to either. No, it's like they, maybe they are possessed. I don't think so. I don't either. Although I do have questions about how the ghosts can reach out that far. So. It's like they spend the whole time building and building and like gaining power and like essentially standing on each other's shoulders Mm -hmm. to reach the eighth floor. Because the way that this ends. The elevator. Because this was the other part. I mean, the whole thing I could see as a movie, but like. I'm like picturing like, all right, they start to have sex and the camera pans out towards the hallway because it says you hear the sound of the elevator. (laughs) I was like, oh, no, why are we hearing this? Two, Um, three. Oh, I thought it was. I thought it was help. I. Uh, No. (laughs) Legit. I'm not kidding. I had to reread this ending because I was like, fuck. No. (laughs) Like I turned the page and was like, what? What the fuck? Nope. Nope, the the elevator panel with the counting up to the ninth floor. The door opens. There's a terrible smell. And also that laughter again. So many voices talking at once, which is why I think they have to, like, pile up on each other. And this, like, the talking of how the elevator was moving and the dog was fast asleep. And then the last line being that the dog... Wakes up abruptly. Yes. Mm. And then it switches to a, another ad for Central Plaza yes. ma- uh, mansion. Mansion, Megan. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Where the price has dropped. Significantly. Yes. <laughs> well, it has dropped 7 million yen, yes. which is about 40 grand. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the building is only a year and a half year. Uh, Years old. 14 units all completely available. Mm-hmm. Married couples also, preferred. That was the weird one for the resident manager, like needing a caretaker again. They specifically wanted a married couple. Yeah. Why? Um, I'm assuming there's some kind of like. My personal opinion, I don't think this is actually why, but like I would be happy and comfortable if there is a family that is the caretaker mm. rather than just a creepy old man. That's true. That's like true. giving off that family vibe or like yeah. having your auntie and uncle, you know, yeah. watching the building. Yeah. I also like how this ad is like shorter than the other ad. Yes. <laughs> Like, just uh, got to save some money here because we have no alive renters or <laughs> purchasers yeah. or, you know, people living in this uh, building. I both wish and I'm glad there is not, like, a news article about the dead family. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, like, this, the original ad is, like, two pages got, on my it's ebook. Got bullets. Yeah, it's got bullets. Yeah. It's got a nice list. Like, it's talks about like because also that also too at the beginning it was the 35 million yen but then there was also a monthly maintenance fee of yes. eighteen thousand two hundred yen that's not listed anymore right so that's where i was like why did i google eighteen thousand? yeah um i did not read all of the reviews of the book but i did see where some on goodreads like felt like it jumped the shark or like didn't really care for it. and i was wondering if it's because 
the way the ghost represent uh, presentation works how we see the different things happening like the handprints and then right. lightning bolts from the sky or from the building or the crematorium wherever it's coming from i don't care i love this book so much yeah there was <laughs> talk of like if you if you had read this in 1987 it likely would have been more revolutionary and terrifying mm-hmm. and now that we have all these like japanese horror movies like is it really that scary and my answer is yeah like mm-hmm. yeah yeah, this is I'm excited exactly. to see this, this movie. Yeah. Yes, like, even if they made it in 2021. Well, yeah. I would rather they didn't because then horror movies always have to do the thing of like, oh, the cell phone's not working. I don't have yes. any bars. I can't get any service. But to be fair, like in a basement, it's gonna be really it's hard true. to get service, especially they'd a basement that has some... no windows. Right. They'd have to do something for the final. Yes. Part there. That's true. Know. Yeah. But um, yeah. I don't know. I feel like ghosts could easily block cell signal and like. I don't know. I've been doing some horror audiobooks lately, and this was just, it's, I could understand if it has more of a gothic feel for some people mm-hmm. than it does a horror feel, because it is, in some ways, a slow buildup. But that being said, I'm fucking scared. Like, yeah. No, thank you. Yeah. Like, no, thank the- you. The amount of dread that I felt with that damn elevator. Yes. And I'm I'm assuming she did that shit on purpose where we know the elevator doesn't always go where it's supposed to go. But uh, most of the time when we're down in that basement, it comes back. Yes. Like when we follow especially people down in the, there. Especially in the beginning where it's just kind right. of like, yeah, it's a basement and basements are creepy, especially basements with storage. Like it's all going to be mm-hmm. kind of creepy. Understandable. It's a lot. Yeah. Uh, she has one other book that's been translated, and I didn't look into it, but apparently the author does a lot of detective novels. Mm, okay. And, like, I wish more of her stuff was translated because I would totally read, all, like, all of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So fun. This was good. This was like the horror that I've been looking for. (laughs) Exactly. Same. Yes. And like the the abandoned underground city gave Mm -hmm. me, it reminded me of the Diviner series, um, especially book two with like abandoned subways, Mm -hmm. especially as like subways become more modern and like these empty subways and like how haunted they have to be. And (sighs) it's nice. Yeah. But like this idea of like we were gonna, they were gonna build like you know this underground road and it was gonna be great and then that fell through so now it's the road the spirits the cemetery yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe you shouldn't have started building this ahead of time yeah saved a lot of people their lives basically to be fair to the like at least it's not the same company the same developers because the developers were around in the sixties this is the eighties. But still, yeah, it's a lot. There's a lot going on. And I, uh, apparently this is a bit of a classic now in Japan, which is really cool. And, yeah, I would love to. I don't think it's supposed to be, like, any, like, literary no metaphor. Like, I think it's no. just straight up scares. Yeah. That's what I want. Yes. This, this was, yes. I don't need the metaphors. 
I want that straight evil laughing ghostly thing coming up the elevator yes. to murder our characters. Like, give me that. <laughs> that being said, please don't do that in my apartment right now. Thank no. you. No, no, no. <laughs> All right. So before we break into what we're going to read next for the podcast, what are you going to be reading in between? So I am going to finish out the Reluctant Royals series. Um, I'm probably like 20 pages into A Prince on Paper, so that will be me. What I'll Johan be uh, story. finishing that out. Yes! <laughs> I will be very excited to hear your wrap-up of the entire series. Yes. Oh, Portia. <laughs> and me hearing like most of the Scottish guys in the uh, A Duke by Default. Yes! But as yes. Scotty from Star Trek, the Simon Pegg Scotty from those Star Trek movies. <laughs> yeah, we really need to get you to watch Outlander. I know, I know. But that's yeah, all so I'm going to finish that Outlander. out. Yeah. <laughs> um, that and Fitz from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is also Scottish. Yes. So That's awesome. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to finish out the series with a prince on paper. Um, oh, one thing actually about Portia's story. I would really like a little novella of... Um, uh, her, what's her love interest? Tav, Tavish, yes. his mom, and the oh, Duke. Oh yeah, I want a little something. That's true. Something. Just a little something. Yes, I'm down for that. Yeah. All right. So, what are you reading? Uh, that I think I'm going to read Honey Girl. I'm definitely going to read one of my book of the month romances. I am trying to nice. get through those, um, and I am continuing on with the Iron Druid Chronicles. As silly as they are, they are enjoyable. So next for the podcast, we are breaking away from fiction and heading into nonfiction. The book Riot Challenge that we're doing is read an LGBTQ plus history book. And so this one was not on the list as well, right? This is one that you... Yeah, this was one I found um, online. Okay. It is called A Desired Past, A Short History of Same-Sex Love in America by Layla uh, Rupp. And I am very, very excited. Yeah, me too. Really looking forward to it. (laughs) Yeah, I was a little worried because, like, it's from 1990 and it seems a little bit short, like a scholarly kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But uh, this is actually pretty easy to find online and uh, in libraries. So, yeah. I have to go get it from my library. (laughs) Yeah. I got to figure out if I want it in physical or ebook. So, um, anything you need to promote? Uh, Not this week. Okay. Uh, I have recently been on Screen Snark, where I talked about Promising Young Women, and another past podcast where I talked about the movie The Snowman from 2017 and how we can make it better, Um, which is great. It has been so much fun to get to talk and hang out with some of our other network uh, co-hosts, so go check those out. Especially if you want to hear something other than books for a little while. Uh, They're both great um, podcasts about movies and TV shows. You can find us, Screen Snark, and Another Pass all at CertainPOV.com. And go to the website to find a link for our Discord or check the show notes. I usually drop one in there too. Uh, We will be back in two weeks to discuss A Desired Past. Until then, please smoke support your local libraries if you can or go online and support indie bookstores. We'll see you then. CPOV CertainPOV.com